Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Summertime is here, and that means long days outside, no school, and the sun. A lot of sun. And that unfortunately also means sunspots on your skin. Listen, guys, I'm diligent with my SPF game, but I cannot avoid all spots. That's why I am so excited for this week's sponsor. Droplet, one of my all-time favorite skincare devices, has a solution for that. I've been using this device for a year now, and they have just come out with a new capsule that aims to address those pesky brown spots and other hyperpigmentation issues that we all face. They just launched their Tranexamic Eraser. What's tranexamic acid, you say? I am glad you asked. Let's do a little bit of a deep dive. Now, this is an ingredient that's clinically proven to prevent and treat environmental damage to your skin. That includes dark spots, redness, uneven skin tone, pretty much everything that results from UV exposure. And Droplet's formulation goes beyond just helping to erase those spots. It actually helps to prevent new damage at the source. This new capsule also features arbutin and niacinamide, two ingredients that help to protect against the adverse effects of all those long beach and pool days. It gives you even smooth skin, even after summer vacation. And with Droplet, here's the cool thing. Those ingredients are going exactly where they need to go into the skin. So the average U.S. woman spends about $250 a month on skincare products. That adds up to three grand a year. That is a lot of money. But not many of those powerful ingredients are actually making their way into your skin. But with Droplet, they do. This is a device made by MIT scientists, and it breaks down those active ingredients into the perfect size particles that can actually penetrate your skin. It's a small handheld device and it creates a high velocity spray that gets those actives into your dermis where they can do their job. You can choose from their list of powerful actives, collagen, glycolic acid, retinol, and now their tranexamic eraser. Just pop the capsule in and let Droplet do the work. I'm really excited to start using these tranexamic eraser capsules and say bye-bye to all these summer spots. You guys need to try this device, and I'm giving you an amazing deal, of course. Go to droplet.io and use code WEGOTATALK and you'll get 20% off your device. That is droplet.io, code WEGOTATALK. Let's get good skin together this summer and beyond. Again, that's droplet.io, code WEGOTATALK. Hey everybody, welcome to We Gotta Talk, real talk on big topics. I'm Sunny. I'm so glad you're here. If you're new to the podcast, we like to dig into big topics here. It's an issues-based podcast, but with a serious sense of humor and levity. So this week, I'm really excited to welcome a guest who is showing us the lighter side, dare I say, of divorce. It's not to say her story isn't incredibly painful and emotional, but Andrea Rappaport, who is a podcaster, host of How Not to Suck at Divorce, a professional funny girl, a content creator, a marketing guru, and more, is here to talk about her personal journey with divorce, how it started, why she went down that path, how she got through the hardest of it, and where she landed on the other side. And what's coolest about it is that she is now 
helping other people on their own specific divorce journeys. As the host of How Not to Suck at Divorce, Andrea and her co-host Morgan, who is a family law attorney, talk through all the intricacies of separating and divorcing. And, you know, you would think that would be a really difficult thing to kind of tune into every week, but they bring such a level of levity and humor and relatability to an otherwise really difficult topic that it's a pleasure to listen to. Um, Andrea really gets personal in this episode, guys. She talks about her own struggles, what she went through as a mom of two, two young boys when she got divorced. And now two and a half years later on the other side of the official paperwork going through how life is going, how it's better in some ways, what she still struggles with and so much more. You're going to also hear an interruption or two in this podcast. My five-year-old walked in on us as we were taping, but you know, that's life in summer. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Andrea is a joy. She really has a lot of practical advice here, but also just brings so much humor and grace to this topic. Enjoy everybody. Hi, this is a special um, episode of We Gotta Talk, and I'm joined live uh, by Andrea Rappaport. Um, Andrea, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm in full-on sweats over here. Like, not like sweatpants, like bodily sweats. Just, a, it's, it's been a morning. So I'm sorry it's I'm a little bit late, but thank you for joining me. I am with you. I'm with you in spirit. I'm with you in sweats. I might, look, I'm, I'm already like shiny. <laughs> I was just telling you, there's a law of the universe that as soon as I sit down and start being productive, my phone will start binging, binging and dinging and the kids will crash something upstairs. So it's a matter of time, really. We're working on borrowed time right now, but I introduced you on the Facebook feed, but I want to talk about your uh, curricula vitae for anyone who's listening on the podcast. Um, you call yourself a professional funny woman. I call you a comedian, uh, social media star. You're the owner now of an agency, right? A PR agency yep. and a former slash current makeup and hair artist as well. So you have a ton of qualifiers here, but tell us what you do right now that's keeping you busy. Okay. So right now, well, first of all, I'm a mom. I am a single mom of two little boys. So first and foremost, like, there we go. I own an agency called the It Factor Agency, and it is messaging, marketing, photography, video, interviewing skills, basically everything that helps you put your very best foot forward in the most authentic and unique way so that you're speaking to your audience. You're, you're also a podcast host. I totally Not forgot so to mention that. Yes, yes. I have a podcast called How Not to Suck at Divorce, which is with me and one of the top attorneys here in Chicago, which is where I'm based. Okay. There's some personal inspiration behind that podcast, isn't there? Yeah, there definitely is. So <laughs> as she's <laughs> deliberately keeping a straight face, we've talked off camera. Andrea, you've been through a lot in the past couple of years. You've been through hell. You're, you're seeing the front of a sign that says, give them hell, but you have been through it. I know over the past couple of years. Um, let me say first and foremost, I, I see in you like such a strength and such a glow and just up energy is very positive, which I give you credit for because I know it's been tough. Can you bring people who might not be familiar with their story <clears throat> kind of back through where you've been for the past couple of years? Sure. So the podcast is called How Not to Suck at Divorce. And that's because I sucked at my divorce. I made so many mistakes. I had a horrible, horrible, horrible experience. And so it became a passion project for me because I want other people to not suffer the way that I suffered. So I left an abusive marriage. Um, it was mental, emotional, uh, financial, 
abuse, um, verbal abuse as well, not physical abuse, but um, it was it was a Band-Aid that I needed to rip off. And I ripped it off thinking that, okay, now my life is going to get so much better because I left. But oh no, in some ways, my life got so much worse. And if there's anyone out there who has been through what I'm going through, I bet there's a lot of heads nodding right now because it doesn't go away. Just because you leave the relationship, the abuse tends to linger, especially when there are kids involved. So it's it's a process. It's been a process. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'll respect your individual privacy and the privacy of your kids as much as I can. But whatever you're comfortable sharing, Andrea, I, I think the first question people have when they hear your story or something similar is, okay, number one, how did you know it was the right time to get a divorce? And number two, how hard was it to like take that first step? Because no matter what you're dealing with, the acknowledgement that something is over, I'm I'm sure was pretty painful. So um, not for me. Um, my marriage was never a marriage of love. It was sort of an arrangement, I think you could say. Um, not an arranged, like we didn't have an arranged marriage. Nobody put us together. We found each other on our own. But um, I, I had a lot of issues that I was not aware of that I hadn't worked through. Um, I was wildly codependent and I was attracting somebody like my ex, um, we never had, we never had a romantic relationship. We were, um, I think that, let me think about this. So we like were, never as in, let me hop in, like never as in, even in the beginning, never or okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Even in the beginning. So I was settling from the start. Um, I was, I knew that my, um, husband at the time was never remotely physically attracted to me. He told me that repeatedly. Um, and I'm not saying that to say like, oh, he was abusive because he told me that. I'm saying it to frame up how unhealthy I was to continue to engage. Yeah. Wait, I, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. But how did you not die a little bit and walk away when you're with somebody? I, you died a little bit. Like, wh why didn't you just be like, just, I can't do this. Where are you going to go? I don't know. I guess you're not thinking logically at that point, huh? You're not. It's not even thinking. I mean, so if you are already framed up, it's kind of like saying to somebody, when you knew that it was a cult, why didn't you leave? Oh my gosh. That's such a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're in it because you're in it because, because it's- Because you're in it because there's already stuff wrong with you that has put you in that position to continue to engage in a relationship that is, I mean, it's death by a hundred paper cuts, oh right? I, I feel for you. Like little, little prick, little prick, little right, prick. Right, right, I mean, Did you die a little bit every time that you had, not even that conversation in particular, but every time there was a reminder that, okay, this is not it. Of course I did. Um, I died every time I had to make justifications as to why my relationship was playing out the way that it was. Um, I remember having to pretend in front of like fellow like mom friends who talked about like, oh, I remember one night I was out with girlfriends and they were talking about how when they got home, they were going to have to pretend that they were tired or, you know, sleeping so that their husbands wouldn't bother them for sex. And I remember having to pretend that I was going to do the same thing when in reality, I was so I was with my husband, my ex-husband for 12 years, dated for six and married for six. And we probably had sex 
15 times, maybe, maybe that's being generous. So, so I remember having to pretend like, oh my God, me too. And, and, and then I, and I, oh, and I justified behavior all the time. I justified abuse all the time. Um, there was so, but I was so under control Yeah, and I didn't even know it. Okay. Okay. I have to ask you this too. Was there ever a time that you questioned, uh, don't answer this if this is rude, his sexuality? Like, because I think I, as a wife would be like, oh God, he never wants to have sex with me. Is it him? Because like, you're a babe. And listen, objectively, you're an attractive human being, even if you weren't. (laughs) She's super hot. Okay, guys. (laughs) But, but, you know, I I mean, just by virtue of the fact of you being together, at least the outside world, that indicates that there was some draw, some connection. So like, did you ever question like, dude, what's going on with you? Yeah. Um, so just because I don't want to get sued, that's probably a question that I have to bunny hop over. Okay. Sorry. Um, no, I knew it was going to be a tough one, but I had to ask because these not, are the no, things that go through our minds. hundred percent right to ask a question like that. Um, and that's something that, you know, it's, it's, I think that for, um, I think that for somebody with that, that is, that's a private matter. I mean, I guess it's not a private matter if you're married to that person, but it is something I have to be very careful about what I say and what I don't say, because when you leave somebody who is abusive and who has people in his corner who are encouraging the control and the abuse, you are, you, and, and I'm a public personality, as you mentioned, right? So there's a lot of eyes and there's a lot of attention on me. Um, I have to be so careful, which fucking sucks because that's another form of the control. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it doesn't end. So constantly I'll say something. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to, somebody at my door? <laughs> like what's going to yeah. happen now? Let's get in, like, let's dig a little bit more into the mind of pre-divorce, Andrea. So you told us some of the things that that were indicative to you that this was not going anywhere, uh, not going anywhere good. Um, When you did finally decide to move forward with separation and with divorce, it seems to me like there was a level of relief on your part. There was a level of, okay, I'm ready for this. Was that initial step to do that as... um, not positive, but as, as much of a relief as you expected, or was it more difficult when you finally got into the practicalities, the paperwork, the actual procedure of divorce? Okay. So here's how that went down. I got really sick. Um, I mentioned before that I have two kids when my youngest son, who's now five, right around the time he was a few months old, I started getting sick. Meaning I would wake up in the middle of the night, sweating and vomiting uncontrollably. And this happened again and again and again and again. And it was one ER visit after the next to get me fluids and medication to stop vomiting. And then came all the doctor's visits. What's wrong with her? Is it her gallbladder? Is is it this? Is it that? At one point, I had a doctor who was convinced that I had a carcinoid tumor in my stomach and that it was giving me some sort of, it was like crazy. So then I saw this gastroenterologist as part of like the process and this guy, and this is so up your alley, this guy leans a little bit um, Eastern with his practice. He leans a little woo is like, as we like to say. (laughs) I wouldn't say he's woo woo. He's woo. He's half woo. Way to woo woo. So, So woo started asking me questions about my life. 
And I'm like, dude, who fucking cares? Don't you want to know what I eat? Don't you want to know all this? And he's like, I want to talk to you about your life. How's this? How's that? Tell me about this. Tell me about that. And then, you know, he writes all these things down. He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what you're getting at. He's like, I think you're falling apart. Okay. Tell me something I don't know. And he said, I want you, I want you to go on this diet. So he put me on the FODMAP diet to Mm -hmm. eliminate all inflammatories from my system. Okay. So he said, I have a feeling that you're going to get some answers with this, not feel better. You're going to get some answers. Okay. So I do FODMAP. It's like six weeks. Everything's out of my system. That's when I started having more traditional panic attacks and not the wild vomiting with no other symptoms. Mm-hmm. So then I'm, and, and I had never had, well, I had been having panic attacks, but I didn't know what they were. So now I'm totally freaked out. I am waking up in the middle of the night. I'm shaking. I'm sobbing. I'm, I was still vomiting sometimes, but it was like all of these other symptoms. And I had anxiety, wild anxiety all the time. I never wanted to leave my house after a certain time. I made up all these rules in order for me to be okay. I have to be in bed by 9 p.m. watching HGTV or I'm going to have a panic attack. I can't eat past 5 p.m. I can't do this. I can't do that. Um, And then I was obviously back in therapy I was taking a ton of medication. And finally, you know, as you're in therapy, you're unpacking all this stuff. And there was a theme that kept coming up. And the theme was, Andrea, you take care of everybody, but there is no one to take care of you. And and this is something that wasn't, it did not originate from this marriage, right? This is obviously something that has been inside of Andrea since birth probably. But um, it's like that, it's like that saying we all talk about when at first something whispers and then when it doesn't get your attention, it's like poking. Right. And then it was at the point where this thing was screaming at me and I was in therapy one day and I said to my therapist, I know that he can't take care of me. She's like, no, he can't take care of you. She's like, he doesn't have the ability. And then we started, you know, we had talked a lot about what had been going on, but had never labeled it as abuse. And then finally, I had this moment where I'm like, wait a minute. It was like this, it wasn't a light bulb. It was like a dimmer switch. Mm. Like you're slowly turning the lights up in the dining room after like an evening party where it was low, right? The morning after when you're cleaning up. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then everything started swirling around. Like, this is not okay. This is not okay. Oh my God. Whoa, 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 whoa. What have I done? Where am I? How did I get here? I was a shell of myself. The one positive thing was that I was so freaking thin. I was so thin. There's nothing like stress weight loss. (laughs) Trauma weight loss. Okay. It's the only positive. And I'm like, how do I get back there? She's like, I don't know. Your life could fall apart again. You were vomiting multiple times a week. Listen, I've I've been through hell and back. And I will tell you, I took a lot of bikini pictures when I was in that. (laughs) I was like, oh, but I look good. You're like, Um, miserable. (laughs) That's how the models stay so sexy all the time. They're probably miserable. Um, Andrea, I, I know we're laughing, but my heart goes out to you. Like, I really, you know, I always say, 
you don't know love unless you know hate and you don't know a good relationship unless you know sure. a bad one. Totally. But when you're in the moment of experiencing that relative bad moment, it's so that you have that perspective. It's, it's so it's painful and it's harder too with kids. So, um, my heart goes out to you for that version of yourself that you used to be. I mean, I'm grateful you're you're so open about sharing it because I think there's a lot of shame. People think, well, God, like you were saying about going out to dinner with moms, like we hear people talk, we hear snippets of relationships, but we never really know what's going on behind closed doors. There's just no way to. And until and unless we, as usually the women, you know, in a hetero relationship, at least share that we all feel alone. Like I, I know sometimes I'm like, am I the only one that actually hates my husband sometimes? Like, I don't know love unless I know hate. It's a thin line, but I feel like I'm the only, cause you know, it's all these Facebook posts, like, oh, dad of the year. And I'm like, bitch, you know, you were just cursing his existence 12 hours ago. Or am I the only one? I mean, I, anyway, I'm just grateful for your honesty is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, I think it is important. And that's one of the things that I try to normalize on my platform and on the mm -hmm. show is let's talk about the real stuff. I mean, it's so much like what you do on your show. It's like, we've got to have real conversations. If yeah. not, then it's just BS small talk. And we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. But I am shocked at how the number of people that like to consume um, idealized content. Like, uh, you know, you and I are both in this world. And I think there's a real spot for people who create what do they call it? Aspirational content, but it's always shocking to me how discomfort and uncomfortable topics can really scare a person away. I don't think people really want to be slammed with like, you know, the real deal. I don't know. We did, what did we, I don't know. We did school shootings last week. People don't really want, and I didn't get it. We can't live in the world where we're always looking at the tough side of things. However, we can't appreciate the good things. Or we can't know how to prepare for the good things without that knowledge. So I'm with you on like preferring to be on that side of things, right? You know, I think that's why I lead with levity, right? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. why, I mean, I'm a funny girl by trade. That was my profession. I grew up on stage. Yeah. I made people laugh for a living. I was crying on the inside, but out there it was a two drink minimum. <laughs> and, you know, with the podcast that I have, we use that humor as the icebreaker, right? Like, okay, here come the jokes, make you laugh, make you laugh, boom, the big mm -hmm. stuff. You know. Well, let's talk about how not to suck at divorce. You said uh, a few minutes ago that you host this with your, was it your attorney, your family no, attorney? Okay. No, it was not. Okay. Oh my gosh. If she were my attorney, if things would have gone very, very differently. Okay. Okay. No, Morgan is like the attorney of all attorneys. She's a, Morgan is a total powerhouse. She is the head of family law at one of the big firms here. And she is, she's incredible. So she's the expert. And I'm the one who should have duct tape around my mouth at all times. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Tell us what you cover. I know. And I, you know, anyone who can go and scroll through old episodes, will see both personal stories, also like sort of practical advice type episodes. What is the aim of the show? Is it more advice oriented or is it more, Hey, this is my personal story. We're going to highlight some of our listeners. Like what are we going to get when we tune in? It's information and entertainment. Okay. So we are helping people truly not suck at the divorce process. We don't want people to make mistakes. What so, does what qualifies sucking? Define that. Okay. Sucking is coming out worse on the other side than you were when you started. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sucking is not making thoughtful decisions because unfortunately, a lot of decisions made during the divorce process cannot be reversed. Okay. There are some things that can, sometimes things regarding children can be reevaluated. Things regarding money are done. 
can't reopen a case. So whatever you settle for in regards to your maintenance or your settlement or what some people call alimony, that's mm -hmm. done. Once it's done, it's done. So um, child support is reevaluated. Um, there are things that are very challenging to reevaluate, like a parenting agreement, which in my opinion is the most important part of the divorce process. And that is where I massively misstepped. And I'm now in the process of trying to fix it. And it's not easy. Okay. So where do you, what advice do you have for someone who may be partly through the process and made the mistake of settling for something, whether it be alimony related or custodial that they want to reverse now, what is a good first step? And I'm not asking you for legal advice, but I know that you've right. been advised enough by Morgan now, or, you know, had enough opportunity mm -hmm. to hear some answers. What are some good first steps people can do to kind of rewind and restart? Number one, don't be afraid to switch attorneys. If your attorney is not the right attorney for you. Okay. If you have not yet hired an attorney, you've got to go out and date. Just like how you don't marry the first guy that you have sex with on Tinder. You don't? I mean, I did, but like, I don't think people to do. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not a Tinder girl. I'm like, I'm way more elevated. I, I met my boyfriend on Bumble, like all girls. Oh. Like all grownups, this is totally hinged. I'm just kidding. What what are what is the elevated really quickly like dating platform these days? Like where where do we go? I think for that it's Hinge and Bumble. I think. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure that that's where it's at. That's what I've heard. Word on the street. Okay. Um, but yeah. So you got to date your attorneys. You have to ask questions. Um, we talk a lot about top, like the top three questions that you have to ask your attorney, which are. Which are, number one, have I asked you everything that I should have asked? Hmm. Right? So make sure that you're covering all bases. Um, number two, you want to know how their billable hours are structured. You want to know exactly, like, how does this work? You want to know how often do we communicate? When am I going to be kept in the loop and how? Also, you have to ask your attorney, how do you like to communicate? Mm -hmm. Sometimes people don't ask their attorney that question, which sort of prohibits you from communicating in the most effective way. So you have to say, let's say we go move forward together on retainer. How do you like for me to communicate with you? Is it through a special app that you have? Is it through, are you a phone call person? Is it emails? Is it text message? And then you have to then look at that versus like the billable hours and think, okay, so every single time I get this person on the phone, it's going to cost me this, mm -hmm. and, right? And, or every time I text this person, is it this? You also need to make sure that their form of communication lines up with your forms of communication. <laughs> because I'm choking, go on. You know, because I'm so good at what I do that I often bring people to some sort of bodily functions literally convulsing. Okay. Sorry. Coffee totally went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> um, what was I just going to say? Um, make sure your oh, methods of communication right. line up. Yeah. Let's say you're a talker. Okay. Let's say you're a person who needs to talk on the phone, right? You don't like typing emails are not your thing, whatever. And they're like, I do all email. Well, that might not be the right one for you. Right. So things like that are very important. Um, you also want to know from their professional experience, what does the timeline for this process look like? And mm -hmm. what are things that can alter that timeline? These are the questions that I didn't ask. 
Let me ask you something too. Um, for someone who has not been through this, this may sound ignorant, but is there a way to do divorce easy? We look at like the Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin situations of the world yeah. and say, oh wait, there's like, an, is divorce ever really easy? Like in your experience or in Morgan's experience, has anyone ever decided, okay, this is done and yeah. we are fiend three months from now? Yes. Yes. That there does happen. It's called a collaborative, collaborative, collaborative. That's mm -hmm. how we divorce where parties are not arguing over things. And really it's just a matter of they have conversations, you know, offline, as we say, and okay, we've agreed that this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to do this. Some people even have one attorney that they share. And am um, I by myself now? You are because a child walked in. Okay. I'm in the middle of an interview, baby. You can tell me a secret as soon as we're done. Okay. I'm sorry. Say hi. Okay. Everybody, this is Child number three. Hello. Okay. Go, go, go. Go with this. Andrea, hold on one second. I have a secret that I have to get. Go ahead. All right. Tell me. I had a secret I was going to tell you too. Oh, your clear yes, heels. Don't. Your clear heels are in the garage. They're in the garage on the shoe rack. I'm sorry. God. No. Just level of professionalism is 10 out of 10. Can you shut the door on the way out, please, baby? Thank you. And get my yeah. clear heels too. <laughs> well, mommy has to work later. Your clear heels are different than her clear heels. Women the bottom. I'm so sorry. This I do have someone in here watching them, I promise. What is she, a stripper? <laughs> I'm raising them right. No, these are her princess heels. We are in a princess phase that frankly has been going away way too quickly with the third child. So anything remotely childlike, I'm like, embrace. Yay. She's ready to like twerk. And I'm like, no, no, no. Um, hence the clear heels. <laughs> I'm just saying they grow up quicker with every child. Um, okay. Anyway, you were we were talking about collaborative divorce and right. how it can people be done well. Yeah. Things. Sometimes people even share an attorney, which typically isn't recommended, but there are times where that's okay when really they're just drawing up papers, filing it. So mm -hmm. yes, that happens all the time. There are also couples who don't agree on everything. They hire counsel, but they resolve everything in mediation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which means it never goes to court. Right. It means that they are on a Zoom call like this with the mediator and things get settled. They draw the one attorney draws up the paperwork. The other one signs it. Boom, you're divorced. And here are your guidelines. It really all comes down to how much conflict is there. Right. How much conflict is there? How much money is there at stake? What's the issue with the kids? Are we in agreement? You know, unfortunately, typically. Oh, it's just me again. Hello, everybody. Welcome to... Shit, she's back. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to start singing for everybody. And I, I was, I was going to show off mommy's clear heels. <laughs> I'm sorry. We've been invaded again. But go ahead. I'm sending her back out. Um. Oh, my gosh. Every time the clear heels come in, I forget what I'm saying. Um. It was that divorce. Go do it. I'm a fan. Was that... You go do it. Let, let's we'll advise properly. Go do it if it is right for you and your relationship. Right? Yes, that's the message we're looking for. Yeah, and I'm not. And Morgan and I are very clear. It's not like we are proponents of divorce for everyone. We're not the Oprah of divorce. Right. You get a divorce. You get a divorce. No, the first thing that we talk about in our show all the time is make sure that this is what you need. Yeah. Go to therapy. 
do your due diligence and do not leave any, any stone unturned. Make sure that this is the right choice for your family. It, how long did it take you? I know, again, like everyone's situation is different, but it seems like you really thought that through you were in therapy, you were talking to someone who knew the realities of the relationship. I'm just kind of trying to advise people who are in that spot. Like there's no time limit on that either, right? Take as long as you need to figure yeah. out because it's, it's, it's irreversible for the most part. You're in an abusive relationship, then your story is different. If you are in an abusive relationship, you go. That's my unpopular yeah. opinion. But no, I think that's, I mean, abuse is, is a not. And abuse is anything that makes you feel less than. And, and it's a pattern, right? It doesn't, it's not a, it's not a one-off. Every couple is going to have a fight and somebody is going to say something that is abusive. That doesn't mean that that person is abusive. Just like how we all have narcissistic traits, but that doesn't mean that everybody is a narcissist, right? It's again and again and again and again. And when there's that pattern and that pattern is not going to change and you are constantly feeling smaller, 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 then my friend, you are in an abusive relationship. How do you feel now? I mean, for anyone who doesn't follow you on social media, and I do encourage you guys, if you're listening, her handle is um, at the Andrea Rappaport, but I know that you've bounced back and you've found happiness again. And, you know, it, it seems like you're happy, but I just kind of want you to like, I wouldn't say I found happiness again. I would say I found happiness for the first time. Yeah. Wow. How is this different? Like when you're with him, what Uh was the first thing that popped out that was like, okay, this is actually a relationship that I'm that's, that's serving me. Okay. So the truth is that it probably came from me. I think that you have to be ready to be in a relationship that serves you. And I had done so much work on myself in the process of leaving my marriage that when I actually did, the actual leaving was just like, it was like um, putting the sprinkles on top of the cupcake before you give it to somebody. I was, it was done. I had done all the work. And my situation is different. Mine is unique because my husband and I basically lived separate lives kind of at this point. We were never, we were together when we had to be together with the kids, but there was no real relationship there. So did, was he surprised when you started these, who initiated, who filed and, or was he? Um, He, so I initiated, uh, we were in couples therapy, which I did as a, I didn't do couples therapy with the idea that I was going to save my marriage. I did couples therapy because I thought that I needed to do couples therapy to make sure that I was doing everything right. I was nervous to make a mistake. Um, I was also, I was very worried about people being disappointed in me, um, especially his family. I really felt um, nervous about feeling like I had let his family down by leaving him. So I thought that if I could show that I was doing everything that I could, you know, there's a saying like, you know, we plan and God laughs. So I had this grand plan of what I was going to do, like, and that I was going to try all these things and I was going to hold off for as long as I could. And, and I thought maybe I could just live my own life and like share a house with him and I would be okay. And then that didn't work. 
and the abuse got grander and grander and grander and crazier and it became all consuming. And then there was one major event that happened, um, which really opened my eyes to the fact that like I had to be done, 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 done. And then, um, and then from there it was, you know, ripping off, ripping off the bandaid. So when you're talking with Morgan on your show now, you guys are working on topics. How do you figure out what's a good thing to cover next? I'm sure mining your own story can get a little painful at times. How do you guys decide, okay, we're going to go here next, or we're going to cover this next. How do you figure that all out? In the first season of our show, and we are now about to start season three. In the first season of our show, we did talk a lot about my story because we were taking everybody through the divorce process step by step. And it was, okay, Andrea, what did you do? How did you suck at it? And what should people do differently? Right? Um, so I, we kind of did that. In season two, we brought on experts for the first time. So season two, we had guests and we covered different topics and we got some insight from people. And then we also, we did a ton of funny, silly stuff. And and I shared tidbits, you know, like if we had a parenting expert on, then we all, I mean, like Morgan's favorite segment is like, let's make Andrea cry because I'm such a crier. That's cruel, but also kind of funny. Oh my God. There's all, there's always something that happened. And I'm like, (laughs) right. Um, but I got her back. So that was, it's good. Um, and then, you know, it's not really the, it's not the Andrea show. It's really not, uh, Andrea's pouring out what happened to her. I talk about my life if it's in relation to what the topic is. Um, but it's really, it's really just about wanting to help other people because I went through it and it does feel like in a sense that this is what I was meant to do. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hate saying it's my life's work because that makes me sound like it is my life's work to provide. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it doesn't though. It doesn't. I feel like we're all put in situations where you can find your calling from it. And I I think that's, I, I, I applaud you. Yeah. Thank you. There's a reason why, there's a reason why this is so hard for me. There's a reason why, and I, and my challenges mainly lie with my kids. I would say my challenges exclusively lie with my kids. For most, I mean, right, when you're a mom, that's going to be normal. And when you leave an abusive relationship and there are kids involved, then that's the, that person's only touchstone to you. So naturally there's going to be problems in that department. And that's still where I will break down and cry because it's a lot. lot. Okay. Let me ask you something about that in particular. I know plenty of people who are either separated or divorced and you're right, that mandatory contact when you're exchanging kids for, you know, the weekend or whatever. How do you, especially considering the fact that there was an emotional um, component to your separation that was pretty serious, how do you stay calm not show any of that in front of the kids. And this can include like tips for apps, the way you communicate or, you know, like any practical thing you can tell people who actually don't want to see the face of their ex after divorce. You can't. Short answer. You can't. There's no way around it. Apps, the apps suck. I hate the apps. We, we actually had to be on one of the apps when we were going through a divorce. It was court mandated because things were just so crazy. So we couldn't communicate with each other unless it was on an app. 
that was monitored. And you think that that's going to stop. the? No, it doesn't stop. Um, you have to see them. You have to. Um, especially if your kids are young. I mean, when I first left, my kids were two and four. So kids don't get out of the car on their own and willfully walk in to daddy's house or mommy's house. It doesn't work that way. Um, I don't have tips on how to stay calm because I still struggle with it. Now, does that mean that I am screaming and flying off the handles? I mean, yeah, but that's just because it's fun. No. <laughs> Just like a couple broken windows. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Look, I, I am, I am famous for saying that I am almost, I'm two and a half years into it and it doesn't feel easier for me. My least favorite day of the week is Thursdays when my kids go to their dad. And I still feel, oh, I will not cry on your show, but I still feel like it is like part, it feels like part of you, you're just, you're giving away something and it is icky and awful. And, and it doesn't feel this way for every couple. When there's more communication and when you feel like my kids are in good hands, everything is fine, then it's different. My situation, again, is is unfortunately not bad. And it is hard. It's icky. Um, the kids feel it. So my kids are now five and seven and, um, I have no answers this. And, and, you know, I'll be honest with you. I've had a lot of therapists. My kids have been through several therapists. There are lots of methods that you can try. They work for some people. They don't work for other people. There is no, there's no cure. There's yeah. no, I can't give you three tips for how to have an easy exchange with your, you know, difficult ex. Well, it's just going to be hard. It's just going to suck. I can tell you what you can do with yourself afterwards. I can tell you that you have to have a plan of what you're going to do the minute you close the door and say goodbye. You have to have something that you are doing with yourself so that you don't become emotionally paralyzed by that moment. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that you are going through that, like whatever you need to do to say, okay, this is what it is and I'm going to be okay. I'm not okay right now, but I'm going to be okay. And then you also have to prepare yourself for the time away from your kids to not be glorious. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I run into people and they're like, oh my God, I wish I had weekends away from my kids. Oh my God, you're so lucky. And I want to roundhouse kick them throat. So I'm like, you don't know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a weekend away where you're hanging out with your girlfriends. Right. No, it is excruciating. It is painful. It feels incredibly unnatural to not be with your kids every day. It's not, it doesn't feel like a break. It's a, it's a life of extremes. And I talk about this all the time in my personal life. When you are on, it is mommy, 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 and then it's done. And the silence is emotionally deafening. It's just like, it's hard. It's hard. So 
No advice. Would I still, knowing this, will I, would I still have left my marriage? Absolutely. Because I didn't have a choice. I might not be alive right now if I hadn't left. There's a very good chance that I would not have lived because I was already dead on the inside. No, that's not true. I wasn't dead on the inside. There was a part of me that was still alive. But I was a miserable, miserable, miserable person. And I was clinging for something. Um, and there's so many other people who are going through exactly this. And I know because I talk to them. When you, when you are open the way that I am, you are honored with other people's stories. You get a lot of stories from people who are going through this and just don't know what should I do? How should I do it? Can I afford to do this? So there's a lot of people out there who deserve to be happier than they are. And on that note, let's put on it. Oh, my clear hairs. The clear hairs have been located, as you can tell by the fact that I'm not, my limbs are not being ripped off in the middle of this interview anymore. Um, uh, it takes another mom to, to be patient. So thank you for understanding my, um, my, my two disappearances. I wanted to look now at the positive parts of your life post-divorce. Okay. Um, we're talking hot divorce mom summer. She is shaking, <laughs> shaking the cha-chas. Okay. There's good stuff, right? You're, you're oh out there. Gosh. You're getting laid. It's good. Um, so let's, I'm, I'm just guessing. I mean, by the smile on your face, I think feel like, I feel like things have taken a turn for the better, right? Swallow the water. <laughs> need to swallow water. And it is water that I'm swallowing. <laughs> um, yeah. Woo! Yes. Things are good. We are in a much better, much better place. I came oh. up with an acronym. I came up with an acronym for the show for hot okay. things that okay. I want people to do. Yeah, do it. I have a list for you, but I want you to run through it. And then I'm going to ask you some like um, quick round questions. So go for it. Give us your acronym. It's hot. Okay. <laughs> okay. The H stands for, the H stands for hallucinate. <laughs> Ayahuasca retreat, first thing on the list. I Whatever you can take. I think that everyone should take a hallucinogenic, a hallucinogenic. A hallucinogenic. Yep. That's right. I'm on, I'm on them right now. So it's hard <laughs> to like think what's the word. I think that hallucinating, especially when it's hot outside, that's like a no brainer, right? Yeah, so okay. Hallucinate. O is for operate. I think that you should have something from your body removed. <laughs> like what? Like not added in? Oh, like, I think okay. that it's like emotionally shedding something, you know, <laughs> like we're already like, think about it. You're like hallucinating. You're like, oh my God. I'm You're so losing limbs. <laughs> I'm going to, what? I don't need my left arm. I don't need it. Take it off, doctor. Take it off. Operate. <laughs> and then T is that you're going to need time to heal. Yeah, of course. No, um, no, I really do have an acronym. And it's mom. I'm serious now. Okay. okay. <laughs> I like the hallucinate version better. Actually, know a couple of great places for ayahuasca if you're like into that. So we'll talk offline. But we have a client who was into that and she's told me and she's met with like shamans. Mm -hmm. It's like a whole 
It's a whole thing. And, you know, I'm probably not going to do it justice because it was my sister who did it. And um, we, we actually did a podcast episode about this a while back, but she, I mean, life-changing is the word. She's been through a lot in life too. So we'll talk offline and I'll tell you more about where she went. And I will say like for, I'm the less woo of the woo-woo sisters in our, in our pairing, but hearing her talk about that was fairly convincing, if I must say. But I have to say, knowing you, you're pretty woo. <laughs> I know. Tells you everything you need to know. You, you indulge in the woo. All the time. I'm a firm believer that um, there's many ways to spirituality and, and, a, and, a, and a deep inner, deeply um, satisfying inner existence. And I am in, in for exploring all of them, like except illicit drug use. I'm not a drug person. Yeah. Never been a drug person. Kind of wish I were more of a drug person growing up so I'd have fun stories to tell, but I don't because okay. I'm kind of a square. But you know, everything else I'm down for. Okay. <laughs> Again, I will talk offline about this too, but the ayahuasca, yes. Anyway, so I say we keep, keep the um, H for hot, for hallucinate. We'll make it H mom. So the O and T don't count. No operating, no whatever I mean, T was, but. I'm actually, I am all about operating because I'm actually doing like a mommy glow up. Um, and I'm totally serious. Oh, tell me um, more. But I'm not, but I'm not telling you everyone has to go out and operate, but it's another story. Um, my real acronym, and I'm totally serious right now. Okay, mom. And I love an acronym. I love a good acronym. M. I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> okay, I'm 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 serious. Okay, M stands for meditate. Oh. Sunny, I okay, I like to talk to psychic mediums because I'm like, you know, a totally normal, like. Grounded. No, no judgment here. Love it. And every single person I talk to, they're all like, Andrea, you like float. Like you're not grounded. Like you're just kind of like everywhere. And I'm like, well, yeah. And they're like, yeah, but, but that's not okay. You have to meditate. Finally, I started. I am a big headspace person. So I downloaded headspace. I think it's changed my life. Really? Okay. How long each day, morning and night, or is it, I need low time commitment. I do five minutes. That's the max I can get myself still. Okay, fine. I mean, I'm not here to judge. Yeah. Five minutes. is. <laughs> how do you do it? Okay. So this is what I do in the mornings. I take a walk every morning. Okay. And I meditate, meditate. I listen to a meditation while I walk and I love it. So I'm walking and I'm listening to the Headspace people. My favorite is this guy named Andy. I think he's Australian or something. I don't know. And he's like, he's very calming. And he's like, hello, welcome back to Headspace. I'm Andy. We're going to talk about anxiety. And I'm like, all right, Andy, let's do it. <laughs> You're like crying on your walk. Like, this is so <laughs> no, but it's like, I really like, you know what I realized? I don't think I ever breathed before. I don't think I ever exhaled until very recently. I don't know how I've lived my life and become, I'm turning 41 on set tomorrow. Oh my God, tomorrow. Um, but I don't think I've ever exhaled. I think I've yeah. literally been like this my entire life. And then doing these exercises and like, like I remember one time I took this breath that was so like, grand that when I exhaled, I was like, why am I feeling emotional from just breathing out? What the 
hell? Did you do one of these? <laughs> I was uh, legitimately, I was so calm until I got all the air out. And then it was kind of like, I know it's well. insane. So I do that every morning and then at night I'll do like a pre going to sleep meditation where you kind of like, it's like a unwinding, you kind of unpack the day and you're able to put away all of the, you know, I'm Jewish. So our favorite term is Mishigas, right? The what does that mean? Craziness, like chaos. So it helps you unpack all the Mishigas from your day so that you're like, now I'm going to sleep. It Amazing, 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 amazing. Okay, so that's my M. Okay. My O, I like how this is like the schoolhouse rock version of my acronym. O. O is for operate. No, no. <laughs> o is for operate. Complete body makeover, right? I say, if you can, get rid of it. If you can't get rid of it, add it. Um, <laughs> no. O, I'm serious. O is own something that makes you feel amazing. I think everybody needs a summer staple. So if you, let's say you're not loving the way that you look right now. Okay, fine. Then maybe a string bikini is not going to be what you're going to gravitate towards this summer. But can you buy an amazing caftan cover-up? That makes you feel good. You feel comfortable in it. You love the pattern. You get excited when you know that it's clean. Get it. Get it. Is it a pair of flip-flops that you were like, you know what? I don't care that those are $200. I'm going to do the math. And if I wear those every other day this entire summer, then that's worth it. Get it. Is it a bag? Is it an, an, a keychain that you're going to see every day? Get something that brings you some amount of like happiness because we need it. And a lot of times, especially us single moms, everything now is about, you know, the kids, right? Because our whole, and I, even for moms who aren't divorced, but it's really like, oh, I have to watch what I'm spending. I've got this and I've got to pay for this and all of these things. And we get lost in that shuffle. So own, oh, own something that makes me truly, truly happy and look forward. M, M, M stands for music. Oh, I love this. Okay, go on. Music. I, so whatever you have in your house, whether you have like a Google Play or I have to because she's always listening to me. You nosy bitch. <laughs> she's like, hello. <laughs> I've been watching you undress for the past three years. What is it you want me to play? <laughs> I love you totally like whispered her name. That's we know terrible. because she's always like. I know they're listening. They're collecting information. We know, but that's fine. Like, you know what? You want to collect information, get in line. That's what I like, <laughs> get in line. Much chiller about that than I am. I'm like, one information like we have Siri. She's a little less nosy, but sometimes she will so respond randomly in song. So I think, I know. Oh my God. Oh, no, um, you got to have music all the time. Play music. Your house should not be silent unless you want it to be. So if you are listening to podcasts all the time, you can have that program so that it goes through whatever device you use. When you're in the car, 
sometimes we get so stuck in our own internal mishigas again that we're just like mm-hmm. in our minds and we're this and we're that. And then stop it. Mm-hmm. Put on something that makes you feel good. Put on music from the era in your life when you are like, oh hell yeah. <laughs> you know? So so what's your playlist then? Okay, so I'm a '90s girl. Like the '90s, like is my jam. Uh, one of my favorite jams is Ace of Base, The Sign. Oh, love the it. Of my bat mitzvah in 1994. BTW, I just have to say, so I was bat mitzvah on this weekend in, I think it was 93. I can't remember. It was the same year as the OJ chase. Oh my God. What a way to remember it. <laughs> I have to say, I got a bone to pick with that guy because not only did he murder allegedly or whatever his you know the people but that motherfucker stole my weekend (laughs) it was literally on that exact weekend of all nights like Uh. of all nights and now i'm gonna get emotional just thinking about it (laughs) oh my god june 17th was like it was the Friday night I had worked so hard for years literally learning my Torah portion. And everybody's face was plastered to the TV, the Magnavox in the corner with the white Bronco. And here and you way, are. And the way home, it might have been even been the 16th. I can't remember. It does the date doesn't matter. I just know that on the way home, I was so upset because people were talking about OJ and not me. God rest their souls in all seriousness. I did just watch the um David Letterman interview with Kim Kardashian, and um, you need to watch her take on that weekend. Speaking of hot takes on the OJ Chase weekend, very interesting. Was she in the back seat? She, she was not in the back seat. <laughs> Breaking news: Kim Kardashian. No, or there's like Courtney, like who's always dead behind the eyes. I love Courtney. Which, yeah, which sister are you? If you I had to pick, there. you're you're Chloe because you're funny. I was there. <laughs> it the car was going like so fast and i was like slow down <laughs> no, seriously bible bible slow down i love them i can't i can't yeah. even help it i do i love i actually in a very sick way i love their family dynamic like I, love- I i i legit like outwardly love it i feel like it's very healthy I very love- healthy I, I mean open. Besides, besides the whole like the I mean, I think there's there's always drama. And I have to say, I don't love Caitlyn. Well, I, I don't like the level of betrayal that Chris seems to feel from Caitlyn, to be honest. Because if it was never revealed in, during the course of their very long relationship that he had an entire identity struggle, like individually outside of his, like, that just that's just not cool. I don't like her. Yeah, I, I mean, I think but, she's smug. I think that she's full of herself. I that interview that she did when she came out. I'm like, who are? Why are we even watching this? Why is this news? Who in your life that the one thing that she has brought me that I love, and you have to stop your life when we are done with this and go watch it. She went on. Oh, the Big Brother show. No, 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 not that one. She went on. Um, it might have been the Masked Singer. Or one of these shows, I think it was The Masked Singer, you know, where they're like, I don't, I, I've only watched this one. She did a rendition of Kesha's Wait, uh, TikTok what? 
on the clock, but the body <laughs> stop. And so, but seriously, Keelan <laughs> cannot sing, right? And so it's like, wake up in the morning feeling. <laughs> Best part, best part. She goes, tick tock on the, you know, the whole thing. And then she, at the very end on the, she goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and it is so funny. You <laughs> so hot. I mean, I'm telling you, Sunny, I'm going to send it to you after this. And we're going to have to, we're going to have to create a reel of us talking about it and then linking the actual. It's like, oh, 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 oh. It's so that's I'm a real gift she's given to society. I'm stuck on the wake up in the morning feeling wake like. Up in the morning feeling <laughs> like bitty. I don't know why. That, that just slaps for me. It sounds like it sounds like her. Just that very wake up in the morning. Like, like the PBS voice of it all. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. Um, yeah. What were we talking about? I do love it. I like their dynamic. Listen, you like them because they live by the very tenets that you live by, which is honesty, open, show your mess, judge as you will. Never thought about but that. here's who I am. Yeah. So anyway. Never thought about that. I think you're absolutely right. But I again, it's true. going back to OJ. Um, yeah, sorry. Oh, you're, yeah, your bat mitzvah weekend. So, oh, we were talking about music. We were talking about music. I said, what music do you like? So we're on the M. We're on the M for um, the M-O-M, Hot Divorced Mom Summer. Okay, so you said music, and that's where we music. were. You got to have music. I yeah, play okay. music in my house all the time. I'm a big fan of Pitbull. Um, I'm a big fan. I mean, obviously, I'm a Broadway girl, obviously. Mm -hmm. I like it's known. But I grew up doing musical theater. So there's always Broadway playing. There's 90s hits. I also like country music. And why am I talking? Nobody cares what I like. But I'm just saying, like. <laughs> we do. They're like. Yeah, it's good. We don't care. Um, but you got to have something. You've got it. Yeah. it feeds us. It really, it sets the energy. It sets the mood, the vibe, mm -hmm. as you say. Okay, I love it. I have a hot I have a hot take list for you. It's very quick. And then we do have a viewer question we got during this that I'm gonna ask you. So Tra Tracy, stick around. Um, okay, so hot divorce mom summer must-haves. Okay. You tell us, you can explain, you can make it quick, whatever. Must have fashion item for hot divorce mom summer. Um, a really hot swimsuit cover-up. Must have beauty item. Um, my favorite right now is, uh, the super, super goops sunscreen. And it's one, I, I will, I will find the name of it, but it's, it feels like a primer. It's like a thin, thin, thin veil. And I think that it is uh, amazing. Now, that and something for your eyebrows. Everybody should have eyebrows to like a, like for. a pencil or a, um, oh, you don't like a, well, do you No, but I have hairy caterpillars. They're finally growing back. But no, I, my favorite right now is the, um, pomade by Benefit because it's like yes. thick and I like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, must have or must visit place. This could be for a girl's trip. This could be for a couple's weekend with your new boo, anything. I don't know. I don't go anywhere. You don't, how about, how about a staycation in Chicago? Cause since you know this city so well. I, I don't know. I'm 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 the most boring person because I have no life. Um, I think that you should go somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Go somewhere where they serve pretty drinks and um, find. You know, I'll tell you. I think that you have not lived a hot mom. What is it? Hot divorced mom summer. Unless you have visited your nearest Marshalls <laughs> with two hundred dollars to burn. And a reason for this season and go. That's <laughs> I, love where I, go. I love that. I'm here for that. Um, 
Hot divorce moms them are drink. Favorite drink. This could be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Oh, I don't know anything that's non-alcoholic um, because uh, no. So currently I do like Tito's club soda and lime, but you know what? I have watched a show. I was watching selling sunset and they had this violet liqueur that they mm -hmm. added to a drink and it looked really fancy. So I have these aspirations of getting this violet liqueur and then coming up with a signature beverage. I'm also, I think the Cosmo is making a comeback. There you go for all of our fellow '90s chicks. Um, the the SJP days of yore. I mean, how much did we look at those scenes in Sex and the City and be like, "Can I just be them?" I mean, and no one will know unless you grew up in that era. They think that, and just like that, is it's just it's not it's not a representation of what that show brought in its prime. So yes, to the Cosmo. Is what every Sunday night, every Sunday night. I had it. I was in college. I would rip it from Napster or what was that other illegal streaming site and just download them all on my laptop and just sit there in my dorm and just like watch. Really? And they, the it was like, I don't know, like the pixels were so big. They were like Amazon boxes. I could barely yeah. see the faces because it was so poor quality because I got it all for free and I didn't care. I was in my glory. Best, best. Okay. Final hot divorce mom summer suggestion book. We have a few minutes to curl up and read. What have you been reading and loving? I'm not very good at reading. Um, Audiobook? No. Um, wow, that's <laughs> embarrassing. Um, no. I Hold on. I do. I've read a book before. Wait, I have a book. Hang on. It's right here. I have to get it. Okay. Go get it. This is... Um, okay. So do you know her, actually? Do you know Alexa Carlin? Mm-mm. Okay, she's like a big public speaker. She wrote this book called Adaptable. And I have to say, I'm a huge fan. I have read approximately, I think I'm on page seven or eight. But I, I, if, I, if I were the type who couldn't put a book down, I'd be really, I'd be into this. I am really bad at reading. But this is all about um, what she went through. She So she's a public speaker and she has a whole business doing this with other people. She had like a life-threatening situation that totally like turned her life around. She had this deadly bacteria that oh entered God. her body and had to be like in a medically induced coma and had like a 1% chance at living. And she lived. And then she's had a whole bunch of other things happen to her after that. And now she's this powerhouse. So I like reading books like that, um, but I'm bad at reading. That's okay. Listen, it's not I'm for everyone. Meditating though. Did I mention that I like to meditate? <laughs> there you go. You got your woo card back by saying you're meditating, uh, a fan of meditation. I, I Listen, I don't know if you feel qualified to answer this, but we got a quick live question and I just wanted to run this by you. Okay. Let me just put this giant asterisk here and say, this should not be taken as legal advice. Please do not consider this the, the advice of a legal expert, but we are going to ask Andrea. Uh, what do I do? Tracy is asking, what do I do if I think my husband is hiding money? Did you experience that? And what questions maybe can you ask your attorney about it? Okay. So Tracy, first of all, I'm sorry if this is something that you're going through because on top of all of the emotional, here comes that word again, Michigas that you're going through, um, having a spouse who is possibly being, um, what's the word financially unfaithful. Is yeah. that thing that's yeah. pretty major and that can cause a lot of problems. There are resources. You can definitely talk to your attorney about it. However, 
consulting with experts is really expensive. There's a profession out there called a forensic accountant, and they dig into, they find missing money. They are very, very, very expensive to hire. So luckily, there is a product that is brand new to the market. Funny you should ask. Um, it's called the Divorce Money Guide, and it walks people through what to do if they are suspicious of money missing. Um, it is, it's an online guide. It has videos. It has tutorials. It takes you through the whole process of what you need to know. Um, the other good, really cool thing about this product is it puts all of your financial documents in order so that when, let's say you don't have like, a, that he's not hiding money, your finances are now all aligned so that when your attorney asks for them for financial discovery, which everybody has to go through in the divorce process, you can say, here you go, which saves you going back to the thing about billable hours, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars of billable hours where your attorney would have to be go collecting all of this stuff for you and right. emailing you, Andrea, I need this. Andrea, you're missing bank statements. This, I need this, I need this, I need this. Because no matter what, you have to have all this stuff to get divorced. So anyway, it's called Divorce Money Guide. And you, it's an online, it's an online service. And it's great because it'll walk you through everything that you need to know. And if there is fraud going on in your divorce, then this guide will tell you like, what are the next steps to take and what does your attorney need to know? Um, sometimes there is, sometimes there's not. I think that the hard thing about when you're going through a divorce is you just become suspicious of everything because your mm. whole world is not what you once knew. You know? Yeah, that's huge. So I feel like that'd be the biggest part of it. You kind of look at everything different, you know, and, and people also behave a lot differently when they're going through the divorce process. So people, you know, people are like, he would never do that. Oh my God. It just didn't work out between us, but he would never be hiding money. Yes, bitch. He would. <laughs> Unfortunately. So I hope that answers your question, Tracy. Yeah. Yeah, Tracy, thank you for that. And guys, listen, I mean, every like Andrea's been saying this 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 whole interview, everyone's situation is going to look different, but I think what you provide Andrea on the podcast and and really on your social channels as well is like a soft place to land that feeling knowing that you're not alone. You give great like starting points for people who are doing this or maybe doing it alone who maybe wouldn't know where to turn. So, um yeah, it's awesome. Um, get, let's round out with a little hopefulness here. Um, I'm trying to think of a way, the question to ask, to kind of give everybody who's going through this a little bit of something to look forward to because you've been through it. You're kind of on the other side. I know you still have daily stressors, but give, no. us, give, us, give us some hope. Here's the thing. There is nothing that you can't do. And there are, there are so many forms of support, truly support that I didn't even know existed that I wish I knew about. So if you find yourself in this pickle, reach out to people, reach out to me, come to my platform. I can put you in touch with other people. There are support groups. We, this is not forever. It feels like it might be forever. You will be on the other side of this. And the second chapter of your life is going to be 
so much sweeter because you will know what you really want because you will have gone through something that will change you. That's the other thing. Divorce changes you. It does. It's inevitable. You're not going to be the same person you were when you entered it, but you're going to be a stronger person. You're going to be more evolved and you are going to have the capability of being so much happier. Your highs will feel that much higher, especially if you hallucinate. <laughs> and fiend. That's it. We are done. Scene. Um, Andrea, you're a, a joy. I'm sorry that my child interrupted us multiple times. That's I'm not. I just want to know where my clear heels are. I'm shipping you a pair of clear Cinderella heels in your adult size as soon as we wrap. Um, tell everybody quickly, we can find How Not to Suck a Divorce. That's the name of the podcast, guys. Find it on all major podcast platforms. Andrea, tell um, us your social handles and channels. Yes, please. So How Not to Suck a Divorce, you can find it on all podcast channels. We are in the top five on Apple for divorce. So bragging rights, bragging rights. Um, I know we were number two for a while, but then, you know, we had a little fall from grace, but whatever. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at at the Andrea Rappaport. And you can find my agency for any of your marketing messaging needs at your it factor on Instagram. And the business is called the it factor agency. So you can go to the it factor Should you want anything from me that I can give you I like advice, hallucinogenics, Come to me for that, guys. Go to her for the woo-woo. Go to her for the legal stuff. Come to me for the other. Just oh, that's so funny. Um, you're the best. Andrea, thank you so, so much. Thank I you. really, really appreciate you uh, talking and laughing with us this morning. Thank you, Sunny. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I. A-B-A-T-T-A. -T -T -A. All of the latest blog posts are at wegotatalk.com slash blog. Yeah.